Oh, my mic was muted. Are you back? Yeah, I'm back. What the heck just happened? A series of rookie mistakes. <laughs> That's this podcast in a nutshell. <laughs> Welcome to the Crunch, episode eighty-eight. It is your boy Ethan, aka Bro Apostle. I'm Patrick at Catholic Pat. Guess what, Pat? What is that? I'm graduated, baby. Oh, look at this! We're we're on a podcast with a with a Kansas State alumnus. Alumnus. Oh yes. Alum alum alumnus. Here we are. This How evening. Feel? How does it feel? It feels good. I. Does your does your does your veins does your veins bleed purple and white? It's just purple. Just purple. Just purple. Just purple. Do your your veins bleed purple? My veins are bleeding purple. I have a serious medical condition. Um, (laughs) No, I'm feeling good. I graduated with my degree in electrical engineering this evening. Um, It's it is currently midnight o two. I'm doing some podcasting with my my boy Patrick. And my, my good boy, my good boy, Pat. my good, sweet, bearded boy. And I'm just really, I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know how I feel. It's weird because I'm done with college, but at the same time, like, I don't know how to feel. I feel kind of relieved, but also still stressed, but also, I don't know. I feel lots of different emotions. It hasn't really hit me yet. It's just been a very busy week slash weekend with finals and yeah. then grad parties and saying goodbye to people that I won't ever see again and saying bye to people that I'm going to see in two weeks. And it's just kind of a weird, I don't know. I feel weird. That's, that's the only way to sum it up. You know, you, once you graduate college, you'll understand once you, once you become, oh, a, you. once you become thank an adult you. like me, thank, thank you for, thank you for crushing, yeah. crushing my youthful spirit with that. Yeah. You're, you'll, you'll be old enough. You'll, one that's one, of, my one of these days, days, actually one of these days when you turn 21, like me, <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. Back back in the day when I got into Twitter fights, um, <laughs> I just block people now. That's my new yeah. thing. Oh, it's so once once the once the paradigm shift from like blocking is losing to blocking is winning. I block like everybody, just promoted tweets, people that I kind of disagree with, anyone with the word Pepe in their username. <laughs> anyway, you were saying. I was talking about how I never get into Twitter fights anymore, which is not true. But back when I used to get into Twitter fights, when adults would like find out, because I when I was a non, no one knew how young I was, and right. so they were like, I would I would just be talking to them, and they'd be having like a normal conversation with me, and then something would come up about my age, and I would have to be like, I mean, I'm 16, I don't know how to I don't know how to say it or whatever, and they're like, oh, pff. when I was 16, I had hopes and dreams too, and I'm like, well, that's really sad. Sir, I'm very sorry that you no longer have hopes and dreams at 38 years old. Um, <laughs> I feel like, like people. I, I, I feel like we're the the eager boys of Twitter.com. Like we, yeah, we're young, but I feel like I get told all the time, like, you know, I wish I had your kind of enthusiasm, or I wish I had your kind of eagerness for the church. And it's like, I mean, you could. It's it's not it's not too late. It like, has. You know? I mean, may, and I will admit. We are young, probably yes. naive. Actually, definitely naive. One hundred percent naive. One hundred eight percent naive. But <laughs> at the same time, I don't know. I just feel weird when older folks try to squash our energy. You know? Yeah. 
that's like it, it, it sucks because I'm really glad the youth senate is coming up because that's one of the things in the in the documents on the youth is like the youth have this fire that yeah. can be used for something and it's like oh this is this is something that's handy it's not it's not something that like you grow up and you're like oh now I understand how things really work you have to be old and crotchety it's like no 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 you become old and crotchety and that's the wrong part you should always be young and, and like and like excited to live because like you need, G.K. Chesterton. Okay. Our good old boy. Okay. We've, okay. Definitely, we've definitely referenced this on the podcast before, but um, G.K. Chesterton talks about how like God is more like a child than he is like a like an old man. Like we invented age because an old an old person will get tired of the same thing happening over and over again. But like a kid, peekaboo man. Oh my gosh, hours and hours of fun. And so that's why God like creates the same thing over and over again because like a little child every time he creates a flower he says the next one do it again do it again do it again. I don't know where the quote is. I'll look I don't know what it is either. Certain... But I was I was reading I was reading something I just put it very plainly is that like I think it was in Return of the Prodigal Son where God was talking or God was talking about the author was talking about how the father like naively loves both of his sons, right? He runs out to the younger son with like total recklessness and abandoned abandoned like towards the older son and then like invites him into the party. But then he runs, he also comes out to the older son with total recklessness and like abandoned for the younger son because he loves both of them with naivety, like naivete, like God, God loves, God loves each and every one of us like to the, not to the detriment, but like, it's kind of it's kind of a weird concept to think about but like he wholly loves every single person in a naive way and like without considering the quote-unquote consequences of not loving another person as much even though there's like no limit to his love it's kind of weird but i think it's pretty cool yeah because like when you look at the lives of the saints and this is a wild tangent. this is a super this is not what we wanted to talk about but this, but this, is, is, this is so good this is, this is a soapboxing and this is this is great a podcasting but when you look at the lives of the saints they do like ridiculous things and even i'm like reading some some lives of the saints and i'm just like man that is just stupid i can't i can't imagine doing that myself like they just like saint saint francis taking off all of his clothes and walking out of the walking out of the town i'm like that i that's dumb that's really stupid but it got him to heaven so like what Who what am i, am I supposed judge? to say yeah who am I to judge? Avoiding saying that phrase as much as possible, just because of the trigger fact. But <laughs> we gotta be like, we gotta be like stupid holy to the point where, like, when we do things for Jesus, everybody else, even other Catholics, even, even other people who like love Jesus, are like, "Wow, that's really stupid." But like, I get it. But like, I don't get it. But I get it. Uh huh. Stupid holy. Stupid right. holy. We gotta be, folks. We gotta be stupid holy. Because as Saint David, I guess he's a saint. As King David said. King King Saint David chapter Second Samuel chapter six when his wife Michal gets on him for, for gets on his case for for dancing in the street in a linen ephod which is basically like underwear he says and I will become even more undignified than this for the Lord. So. Well, there you go, and that's and that's the plot of Footloose for you. Yep, that yeah, wow, that's it. <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Kevin the, Bacon, uh, everybody. The Earth's mightiest hero. <laughs> <laughs> uh the most uh, the most ambitious dance party in cinematic history uh cool so let- <laughs> yeah sick we're doing great this evening 
Um, we didn't we didn't pre-show banter like we usually no, do. No, we just we, got our, like our pre-show got... banter turned into like a lament of our youthfulness. <laughs> like what? <laughs> That's not fun. Oh man, we're supposed to be the fun. There were hip... no goofs. There were no goofs. Goofless. Hold on, quick. Let's rapid fire some goofs. Okay, you ready? Oh, oh god. Uh, yeah. Two fish are in a tank. One fish to the other, looks to the other and says, "Do you know how to drive this thing?" <laughs> Oh man! Speaking of tanks, I've been listening to World War One podcasts, and I'm Dan Carlin, Hardcore History, Arm- Armageddon yes. Blueprint. Yeah, dude, have you listened to it? No, I've just heard Catching Foxes talk about it, and it's saved in my podcast app for some time, in which I'm so incredibly bored that I want to listen to somebody talk about World War One. Hasn't happened yet. It's been like a okay, year and a I've half. Also been listening, I've also been listening to History on Fire, which is another really good one. Is that Bishop Barron's um, podcast? No, that's the. Oh wait! Oh wow! That was a, a that was a word on fire goof. That was a word on fire. Let's start. Let's start a podcast called um, Architecture on Fire. Wait, no, that's that's boo, <laughs> boo. It's a podcast where we commit arson. <laughs> <laughs> this is the sound of my dorm built. This is down. welcome to the Arsony Boys podcast. Uh, I am your host, uh, Pyro. Jack. Pyro Possel. And this is my sidekick, Patrick. Sidekick. And it's... so Okay. What are we what are we uh what are we talking about today, Pat? So Ethan logs on and says Let's talk about evangelization. And so I laugh <laughs> at him because because why? like what else are we going to talk about? What else are we going to talk about? What else have we talked about on this podcast? And then I clarify and I realize that I want to talk about not only evangelization but also community. So strap in because we're going to solve every problem of the church on this podcast. The crunch saves the world. Here we go. No, I think it's a good. I think it's a good topic just because I feel like maybe I'm the only one, but I feel like evangelization or like the idea of evangelization and spreading our faith has been coming up a lot on. Twitter and on Reddit and just on a lot of places that I've been seeing Catholic things online. Would you agree? Yes. I, I would say that evangelization is a topic that people like to talk about. Yes. Yeah. I, it just seems like more than normal. So, um, okay. Yeah. Maybe it's flaring up a little bit. You maybe, know? maybe like, like a, like, like eczema. eczema. I was literally just about to say eczema. Oh, Dang it. You took oh my, my joke. You Same t- brain. You took my eczema joke. Look at us. I, did you know that you can get, did you know that <laughs> that's you can why get, you don't put all your eggs in uh, one basket? Did you know that you can get eczema cream at uh, the Dollar Tree? That's just a fun fact. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend purchasing eczema cream from the Dollar Tree, but if you (laughs) wanted to, you could. Um, Back on track. This is a podcast of tangents. So so there's this guy on Twitter. His name's Father Anthony Scarapa. Scarapa? Pittsburgh's okayest priest. So he's great. Um, I'll, I'll put his, his Twitter handle in the, in the, in the description, but he did this tweet thread about, it was four days ago. And I've been thinking about it for the past four days and just trying to kind of make sense of where he's coming from and where I'm coming from and what I think and what he thinks and all that stuff. Did you just fall over? (laughs) No, I'm, I'm like, I'm like. My foot is okay. This is a really long story, but it's important. Oh, so, gosh, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry that you know I asked. The, you I know, should have just kept going. <laughs> you know the hose thing on a vacuum. Yes. You know the attachment that goes on it. Uh huh. Did you <laughs> get your foot stuck in the hose? 
<laughs> no, you know the um the attachment that goes in it. It's been under my desk for like weeks now, and I just haven't removed it. That's but, the place because it's fun. Because yeah. like I put I put my foot on it and uh-huh. I like move it back and forth uh-huh. it's on a circle, but I keep I keep like kicking it and it's like flying out from under my foot and hitting the back of my desk and making a lot of noise so i'm gonna stop okay so patrick's <laughs> well patrick's playing with his vacuum we're gonna get i'm gonna i'm gonna just talk about this tweet thread so i don't know if you guys remember but this was a big deal there's this lady named lizzie's answers who um that's her name yeah, that's her, her full, full name. her full name is Lizzie's answers. And she was Shout pro- out Lizzie. she was Protestant converted to Catholicism and she tweeted Classic. this thing and she was talking about how um she was at mass and she was praying, she was kneeling and praying before mass and somebody came up to her while she was praying and like interrupted her prayer and she said, "You know, it's really nice meeting people and putting faces to names and all this stuff, but while you while she was praying, it should be like an obvious boundary that you like don't come up to me like I'm here to worship God, you I'm not here to talk to you." Um, and then Father Anthony did this whole thread about why there's a problem with being welcoming at Mass. Like, we're not at Mass to welcome other people, we're at Mass to worship God. And the struggle with finding the time, or finding the balance between, okay, we need to welcome people, but at the same time, like, the Mass is not just a normal Sunday church service. This is, this is a very deep, intense, reverent, um liturgy like it is it is a it is a prayer uh, a prayer in which we step outside of space and time and so how do we how do we deal with the whole okay we want to bring people into the church and we want to welcome them but at the same time we also want to experience the mass and the beauty of the mass without being distracted and so it was just kind of an interesting conversation and some things were said and I agree with some things. I disagree with some things and Patrick agrees with some things and Patrick disagrees with some things. And so we just wanted to talk about that. I disagree with nothing. Patrick disagrees with no, nothing. Never mind. So Pat, what are your thoughts initially? Okay. So as someone who has been to several Protestant worship services, I have like in, in the past couple of years, I've seen a very stark difference between a Protestant worship service and mass, particularly at Franciscan. So at Franciscan, everyone kneels and prays before mass. Everyone stays and prays after mass. And it's like pretty much understood. Like when you're coming with someone to mass, like you're talking beforehand when you walk into the chapel, but like after you walk into the chapel, there's like no talking. And it's not like if you do talk, everyone's going to look at you rotten, but it's like, it's just commonly understood that if you're going to talk, it better be important because like everyone else around you is praying. And, Cause it's this, it's this attitude of, of preparation, right? Whereas in a Protestant worship service, it's very relaxed. It's kind of like a youth night. And like, that's why I'm saying there's nothing, there's nothing bad about that kind of event because it's kind of like a youth night where everyone's just chilling beforehand. And then, all right, everyone, let's like, let's like, do praise and worship and then like everyone does praise and worship and the talk and it's like got kind of an ebb and flow to it. It like takes you from socializing to, to prayer then into socializing again. Mass isn't designed to take you from socializing to prayer, then to socializing again. So like the before mass preparation shouldn't be socialization. It should be prayer because you need to prepare for the event itself. Um, 
so yeah, there, there's just like there's just a stark difference between mass and a Protestant worship service. It's something that Father Anthony mentioned. He right. was like, it's not just it's not just a Catholic Sunday service, which is we have a temptation to see everything in other religions is equal. Like, oh, everyone has a December holiday, <laughs> and like everyone has a Sunday thing, and it's just like there's a bunch of variables on like you need these things to make a religion. But it's like no, it's mass is different than a Protestant worship service, and we need to treat it differently. And so I'm very sympathetic with Lizzie and Father Anthony in that in that like we can't be talking in the sanctuary. We can't like we can't we can't like tap someone on the shoulder when they're kneeling and praying and being like, Hey, like, I love your YouTube channel. It's like, all right, sweet, like thank you. But I I don't I cause it cause it puts it puts I'm sure it put her in a in a tough place, right? It's like Okay, first now, first of all, now I have to battle pride. Like now, my pride is getting in the way of my prayer, right. and like that's not that's not the person's fault. But it's like okay, cool. So now now she's like fighting a battle internally, and she also was taken out of like prayer, and so it's it's tough, and it happens to anybody, even if you're not someone with a big YouTube channel with a public conversion. It just takes you out of prayer and like, oh, now I'm focusing on a million other things. If you tap on someone's shoulder and you ask them what they're doing after mass, now they're thinking about what they're doing after mass, right? So it's like mm-hmm. you're you're, you're going to distract them not only for that five seconds, but for the next five minutes. Ethan wants to talk more about being welcoming. I'm more on the please stop tapping my shoulder during mass train because I'm angry right now. Ethan, what, what do you have to say? Well, here's the thing is I think we just can't get angry. Like – I think that yeah, you're right. I think that can't. I think our response is so important. Like if we're devout Catholics, and I mean, obviously, like we're talking about this. I just want to be clear: this is not an attack towards Lizzie or uh, Father Anthony. They're both great and amazing, and I respect them. I just want to talk about this these concepts. So if I say if you are being prideful or if you are being angry, I'm not saying about that about Lizzie or. Uh, Father Anthony. I'm just saying that in general. Okay. Um, so if, if somebody were to, were to tap me on the shoulder and my response is like, what the heck are you doing? Like, I'm trying to pray. Like, I personally don't want to have that response. Like I, if somebody is talking to me for some reason, like before mass, I want to, this is like the whole assuming like virtue over malice sort of situation. Yeah. Exactly. It's like this person wants to get my attention because they either want to know something or they want to say hi to me or they want to do this, that, or the other thing. And those are all great and beautiful things. And so I have to take my own piousness, my own piety and say, okay, like Jesus, I'm going to give glory to you in this moment by absolutely loving this person with reckless abandon next to me, you know? And yeah, that might like distract me from my mental prayer with Jesus, but that doesn't mean that I have to stop praying and that my preparation for mass has to cease at the same time. And mm-hmm. so this is where I kind of like get it's it's super semantic, but I think it's kind of important is like okay, um we're not going to get everybody in the church to stop talking before mass. <laughs> yes, that's, that's just not a reality. What we can do is we can cultivate kind of within ourselves and with other within other people that are kind of in our friends and maybe in our in our groups, the people that go to mass regularly, the people that are kind of in our community, we need to cultivate more of a culture that says, all right, maybe instead of being upset about somebody talking to us or being upset about this, that, or the other distraction, we need to love that and embrace it 
and treat this other person as Christ and act as Christ towards them because that's what we're entering into is Christ. And so I can't yeah. think of a better way to prepare for that than by doing that. What do you think? I mean, I, de- I definitely I definitely want to figure out a way to like deal with that situation. And this is like a very specific situation. This really is, but, I find but myself... it's applicable to other things too, I think. Okay. I said, okay. So it's cool. So we'll unpack this question and yeah. then we'll, then we'll see where Let's blow it, it up. Where we'll blow it up. Yeah. Sweet. So like, what, what do I do in a situation when I'm deep in prayer mm-hmm. and someone, I guess it is a situation, but a situation thing is like someone taps you on the shoulder to say hi and see how you're doing. Someone mm-hmm. taps you on the shoulder to ask you a quick question. Someone like interrupts your prayer just in general. It's tough though. Cause like, yeah, you're right. Assuming virtue in the other person, assuming that they may not have known you were praying or may not like, I'm, I don't know. It's tough to assume virtue in all cases. It is. But I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking of this guy. Which who, is why only saints do it. Right. <laughs> I'm thinking of this guy who's, who's a friend of my parents. And every time I'm at mass at home, he always comes up to me. He's like, Hey, Ethan, how's it going? He like shakes my hand. I mean, obviously it's a little bit different because at home I go to mass in a new parish that's in a school gymnasium. So it's like, naturally a bit more relaxed but at the same time like he's being so incredibly genuine and i think it it really depends on as is the answer always on this podcast it's it depends it depends there's nuance so should you if so if if my friend kevin uh i love kevin shout out kevin if my friend kevin comes up to me and he like starts talking to me for whatever reason i don't think kevin would do this like before mass and be like hey like let's pray you know he'd be like oh yeah and, and we would start to pray and like, that would be totally cool because me and Kevin are tight. You know what I mean? Uh, if one of my friends that was kind of maybe on the outside of my friend group started to talk to me, maybe I would like chat with her for a little bit and then like invite her and be like, Hey, do you want to pray? And like, kind of maybe be a bit more gentle than I would be with Kevin. If it was a complete stranger, then I would say, Hey, I, you know, I would love to talk to you after mass and like keep this conversation going. But like right now is a time where typically like people pray. Is that something that like you're comfortable with? You know, like there's, it's Mm. kind of like subtle differences, but there's levels to this thing. And I think that's where, (laughs) I think that's where a lot of people get stuck is that like, it's not the same cookie cutter thing for everybody is that every person needs to be welcomed in a different way. Yeah. Because everybody's in a different place and we're not going to, and this is where we ultimately run into the issue of, we don't know that because we don't talk to anybody because we're not supposed to talk in the chapel. And I agree that we shouldn't talk in the chapel. And so then it's like, where's the Catholic socializing so we can actually meet these people and welcome them? Is it at donuts? Well, nobody goes to donuts and nobody talks before mass either because everybody's trying to get a seat on time before mass starts because we're all running in late. We don't have our pants on. So like, what do we do? (laughs) And so this brings me to my ultimate point of we need more community in parish life. (laughs) Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Super easy here. Yeah. Because like everyone's talking before and after mass anyway. Right. College is I a, mean, college is different and not real. Yeah. College is, college is fake land. Yeah. And in real land, it's tough because... Of course, everyone's late to mass. Pretty much everybody's got kids. Mm-hmm. You know, like families with kids are running late and like families with kids are like just they just want to go home and like make the kids run around at home and not mm-hmm. in at public the parish. and like, yeah, in public <laughs> where everyone looks at them wrong. I, I was at a restaurant today and like no way the waitress was the, the waitress had to walk around a kid 
and she i was like i was like oh man tons of kids right and she's like yeah and i was like oh man those are the days she's like mine would have sat still i'm like well wow (laughs) okay this kid was like walking around and i'm like all right whatever (laughs) people are so judgmental over children it drives me insane they're children please but um this is another soapbox cast yep yeah, so people people want to get in and out as fast as they can, which is like understandable because everyone has their own individual circumstances. But if we're really committed to evangelization, we'll stick around when it's uncomfortable, right? And when it's inconvenient for us, because it's better for the community as a whole. Mm-hmm. And so I think you answered my question: is like, okay, it's different for everybody, but the end goal is the same. Mm-hmm. I think the the simple is like find a way to for now invite them to prayer before mass and then say i'm going to talk to you after mass yeah because it shows that you'll put in the time i think scheduling time with someone is a lot more intentional than just saying i'll do it right now because i'm free right like i don't have anything better to do it's like oh i can do like if i run into a friend of mine and I'm on an important phone call. I'm like, I can't hang out right now, but like, can we get dinner tonight? Or can we get like, can we have lunch later this week? It's like, that's much more intentional because I'm blocking out time. Yes. But am I going, am I going off on a tangent again? You, you, you are, but I'm, I can rein you I back am. in. Um, Sweet. This is, this is what <laughs> I'm, I'm the, I'm the cowboy <laughs> at this rodeo and I, I'm the graduate here. And so what I'm thinking is if we're talking about like in, with, in reference to the mass, what I've done for the past probably two semesters is I – so after mass gets over, 9.30 p.m. mass. Um, after mass gets Yikes. over – yeah, it's, it's amazing, honestly. We, we say the St. Michael prayer, meals and praise, and then goes out into the lobby and talks. So I, I do my prayer of thanksgiving later, and so I just leave immediately after the salve. I don't kneel down. And I go out into the lobby, and so that way I can catch anybody that's leaving that I don't recognize or that doesn't look like they know anybody, and I can, like, talk to them. And so that's, like, the space in which I can invite people into more intentional conversation, that I can schedule that time, like you were talking about. But that's that's because I make myself available around the mass, you know? Like mm-hmm. I, when I'm at, when I'm at St. Isidore's, or at least I, I guess not anymore, when I was at St. Isidore's, I would, I would stay in the lobby pretty much up until 929. And then I would be out right after mass and I would be in the lobby, like waiting to talk to people because there's no, some, for some of these people, there's no other time that I'm going to see them. There's no other time that I'm going to be able to talk to them about anything. And so I have to make myself the most available if I'm going to be welcoming to them if I'm going to. So it's like not within the chapel. It's not within the mass. And I'm still praying. Like I'm still getting my prayer in. It's just yeah. around the mass, what I find to be more important and in that situation is to be welcoming people, talking to people, finding out who they are and what they need and finding some way to get that to them. And that's really, really, that's really easy at a Catholic college center. It's a lot more difficult at a big suburban parish because and lucky and lucky for us and our listeners mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna be all wait oh no in a crap you're gonna be at another 
college campus, <laughs> campus center. Dang yes. it! All right, well, we're never gonna figure out what the world will just like, Ethan. We're always gonna be in college. I mean, but we, I mean, but you, we, you and I have both had experience at. We, we were raised. I mean, we, we, you, we, I, did, I, I, oh, I, oh. um, one boat. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I just kind of. <laughs> My brain just stopped working for a second. I, yes, we, we, I hit we both the, I hit the guardrail and I pitched it over the side. Um, <laughs> well, we've both been yes, in we have both parishes for 18 years. Like, that's where we were raised. Like, we know it. You know, it's what everybody's familiar with. And so I think it can exist. And I think that that culture can create, can, like, be created. It's just a matter of are there people willing to put in the time to meet people to talk to them and invite them into something, a deeper form of community. Cause you can't invite them into a deeper form of prayer than the mass. You can invite them into a deeper form of community outside the church walls in your home, inviting people over going out yes. and bringing a group to get coffee or going out into, into the wilderness doing the JP two. Uh, you know, there are so many things that you, here's the thing is you just, you don't need a program. Evangelization is not a program. This is what I was oh so jacked up about is that we Wait, can't just, this is the, this is the episode. This, this is, is what we wanted. We took us 40 minutes to get here, but we're here. Um, the new evangelization is not, it's, it's not, uh, it's, it's, it not makes memes. me so mad. It's like, Oh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have people sign up and put in their email and then they'll receive an email and then they will come to a class in the St. Mark, St. Luke room in the parish hall. And then they will sit down and we will watch a video and then we will split up into small groups. And then once we split up into small groups, we will discuss the pre-recorded questions for this video. And then we will do the new evangelization. Like, no, oh gosh, it's so plastic. It hurts. It's that's it crap. Hurts. And I'm not saying that those things are bad and they, but they are not they're not it. That's not it. And shout that's out, what... shout out Adore Ministries. Okay. For shout out your own doing... employer. Shout out, shout out my future employer because uh-huh. they don't have any money to pay me yet. Shout out future mission partners. But please um, support Patrick. You know how I always, you know, how I always talk about like you. You said it, inviting people into your home. I watched this video mm-hmm. put out by Ascension Presents. Shout out Ascension Presents. That was um talking. It was a video of Any Hickman. Shout out. Oh my gosh. Uh, You're the worst. People. <laughs> I saw Bird today. Shout out, Bird. Um, <laughs> bringing people into his home, and they were like talking about having weekly dinners for their neighborhood, not even just for like their parents. That just is for their the dopest thing. That's what I want to do. He was like, and he was like, they were like, oh man, like some days the house isn't that clean, and some days we're like not ready, or and we're not feeling like as extroverted as we might think. But then every time they have, they're like, every time we have this, these groups over, we're like, man, that was so worth it. And I watched this video. I'll find it, give it to Ethan, put a, he'll put it in the show notes. I guess we have those. Yeah. It's, yeah, maybe not. Yeah. You can look it up. Yeah. It's really, it's really good because it, it shows this, like, it's fun and all these families are over and the kids are playing and the adults are talking and the younger kid, the older kids are, are hanging out and playing flirting hands or whatever they do. Yeah, flirting. No, no dating and no dating in middle school. What? And, um, I did middle school wrong. <laughs> How's that dating fast going, Ethan? It's going great. I haven't started yet. <laughs> you haven't not started it either. I mean, I have started. Is, it's self-imposed, but it's not official. It's self-imposed. Anyway, uh, where was I? 
You're talking about how great it was that the kids were playing and the bees were singing and the birds were and the bees were buzzing. singing and the birds were and the birds were singing. Uh-huh. <laughs> Take me down. It's to all the, it's all about whatever. it's all about covert. Steve talked about this. It's all about covert evangelization. It's mm-hmm. all about it's all about like off the books uh-huh. fun that gets that no gets, more like, programs. No more programs. Let me tell you about this. Right, I some of the best uh, in the past like two weeks of school my sense of community and like what true Christian community looks like has grown so much. Yes. We did this thing called Ethan's last stand and it's <laughs> what I, yeah. So it was my, my, my last like week, week and a half, two weeks of college. There were a ton of things in Manhattan that I just never done before. Um, we have all these like nature areas and these stores and these restaurants and um, a bunch of places like, or even like simple things like Chick-fil-A breakfast. I've never had Chick-fil-A breakfast before. And so we went and we did that and we just did a bunch of stuff that I had never done before. And we had talked about, and they asked me like, Ethan, what do you want to do before you graduate? And I had a list. And so we just banged out everything on the list. And it was amazing because granted it's towards the end of the year and people had a lot more free time to do things like this, but literally every single day I took I didn't take like we got a group together. It was a group effort. We just called it Ethan's last stand because these are all my friends. And we went, we went together like every afternoon we'd be like, okay, where are we going today? And we would go and there'd be 10 of us. And sometimes it'd be a different group. Sometimes it'd be the same group. Sometimes it would, we would do multiple things in one day, but we were together for hours. And like the only purpose it was, it was for me, but at the same time, like, we were going just because we wanted to be together and we wanted to spend as much time together as we possibly could before we like all had to leave, you know? And it's just like, what if we had been doing this the whole semester? Like, what if we mm-hmm. had, what if we had been investing in the community with the intensity that we did in the last week and a half? You would have changed the community. A hundred percent. And, yeah, absolutely. And it's not it's here's the thing is like I was the social chairman this, this semester too. And I planned a bunch of events. I planned a Wii sports tournament and, the Mardi Gras party and some tailgates and just like a bunch of stuff that we did, like an Olympics event, like all this stuff, which was great. But I experienced community so much more in just this time that we spent together so intentionally. And I, I know that these are like really, these are buzzwords is community, intentionality, all this stuff. But at the end of the day, if we want to like Christian friendship is so important. I keep going back to first Thessalonians chapter two, like, Paul literally lived life with these people. He lived, like he hung out with them. They were his best friends in Thessalonica and he loved them and they loved him and they were completely changed because of it. Like, why don't we spend our time in community that way? And that's what's going to change our masses. That's what's going to change our parishes. That's what's going to change our prayer. Like, that's what's going to stop people from tapping on the shoulder, you know, like, yeah. It it all goes down to this is like, what are we doing outside of the mass? Are we just kind of doing, are we being content with the plastic video questions leave? Are we being content with that? Or are we doing something more? I think it's, I think it's because deep down we all want the super evangelist work. Mm-hmm. We want the guy that, I mean, super evangelist exists. Pope John Paul II converted thousands, millions, millions. Of people. Yeah. But like we, even even the whole the whole focus model, even he couldn't have converted the entire world in you know seventy two years. Even if he converted a million people a year, all that stuff. Right. It's not. It's again. It's not a numbers game. And the plastic events model 
is a numbers game, which is fine to an extent, but the organizations aren't the things that work in and of themselves. Like I'm sure the founder of Focus would say, like, look, if Focus died tomorrow, as long as the church went on, like it would be fine. Because Focus isn't there for Focus's sake. Right. It's there to form people to go and do the things that Christ wants us to do. And like Adore is the same way. Uh-huh. My my mission my mission leader was like talking about how laid back Adore is in comparison to other ministries is because like it's just it's it's not a bunch of organizational things. It's mm-hmm. about meeting people in the normal everyday life, which we're doing anyway. Mm-hmm. And they're forming us in how to like reach these kids within the boundaries of like DOS and policy and like in youth group events, how to make them understand how to live as disciples of Jesus <laughs> outside of the parish hall. It's just so funny. Like I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking about, <laughs> about like John Bosco and like, I'm imagining him sitting down in a parish hall and like watching a video. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> No, that's not what he did. I'm that's bad. not what that's not what St. John Vianney did. That's not what Padre Pio did. Like that's not what JP2 did when he took those people out into the wilderness. Like it's just so funny that we have all these great examples of what these great saints did to form community and then when I like I got to like live it this semester and it's so real and it changes lives and but we we sit down. And we're like, what if we, what if we bought this program? Like, it's just goofy I, to me. Like, I'm laughing because it's just silly. Like, I don't get it. My greatest encounter with Jesus Christ this week, outside of prayer, didn't come through a household commitment. It didn't come through like a mission meeting that I did. It happened at a Taco Bell with a homeless guy that I had seen three times before and thought literally zero of beforehand and this guy single-handedly brought together an entire taco bell restaurant of complete strangers that didn't want to look at each other because we're all at taco bell i gotta tell this story yeah tell us this is amazing why didn't you lead with this so (laughs) because it it paints me in a good light i didn't want to lead off with it i tweeted about it earlier because oh yeah it yeah yeah, i tweeted about it the other day because it happened yesterday so this guy his name's pete shout out pete he definitely does listen to the podcast I met him like I'm. Oh, it was my it was my first week. Of being, it was my birthday week. I remember because I was walking into the to the liquor part of Kroger and I was walking out and this guy walks by and he goes, Justin Timberlake, and I'm like, what? And he was making a joke that I look like Justin Timberlake because you do. And I was like, because yes, thank you. You're welcome. And so then, literally, like three weeks later, I'm I'm in Kroger again and the guy the Pete the guy walks by me goes, hey, anybody ever tell you you look like Justin Timberlake? He totally forgot who I was. And I was like, hey, it's so good to see you again. And he's like, sorry. And I was like, you've said that to me before. He's like, oh, that's funny. He's, he's like an old guy. You know, he's like, he's not, not as interactive, you know. And so um, then the third time at Taco Bell last night or two nights ago, he says hi to me again. And like, uh, Justin Timberlake. And I'm like, yep, that's me. And so we're talking a little bit. And like, I see him. He sits down at the... Um, at the table he's by himself and he takes out this um this cross on a tea candle on like one of those electronic tea candles he duct taped the cross to a tea candle and he sets it down on the table and then he takes out this this little um this little contraption that he made it's essentially a box made out of popsicle sticks like the cross and tissue paper and he sets the box around 
the cross and um and he sits there and he like he like says something to me he's like oh i made this and i'm like wow that's really awesome and like at this at this point he's sitting he's sitting at the table and i'm just i'm like my heart is just destroyed i just he's just everything everything about this man i was like hey he's worshiping god right now and I, I was so like i was so like moved and when he left i like i gave him what i had you know i put it in the i put it in the box thing and i like didn't try not to tell him it was me he'd asked me for cash the last time i'd met him and i didn't have any and so i decided to like pay him back on what i owed him essentially yeah <laughs> and uh he came back and he figured out that it was me and then thanked me and he actually he actually gave me the cross and the box thing and i have it wow um and then, and then he was like, he was like, he's like, want, want to see a magic trick? And I was like, absolutely, I do. And so he takes a nickel, and he rubs it on his elbow, and then he um he does he he's like rubbing it on his elbow, like his hand is under his elbow, and then he smacks his hand against his elbow, and the coin appears in his hand that was above the, his hand, the elbow. Uh-huh. And anyway, yeah, yeah, it's it, it it took me two tries to figure it out, but um he kept doing it over and over again. He was having a blast. Mm-hmm. And this girl from this other group looks, he's like, she's like, how did you do that? And he just does it over and over again. And this group, this group of high schoolers, they just don't get it. And all <laughs> like the workers are looking in a couple of my friends from Franciscan are behind us. And this, this homeless man, I don't know if he was exactly homeless, but he was definitely not well off. This man has the entire restaurant dying of laughter. Just like, he's telling jokes and we're having a great time. And I was like, this is, this is evangelization. Yeah. This is this is encountering people because I was able to like have a connection with that group of high schoolers. I was able to have a connection with like my friends from Franciscan and like Phoebe was there, you know, like and that that was something that we've shared. Mm-hmm. And it, that 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 small that small encounter of like that gesture of charity. I got to be honest, I didn't want to give him money because the first time I met him, he was in a liquor store. The second time I met him, he was near that liquor store and asked for cash. And I was ninety eight percent sure he was going to use that money to buy alcohol. And I didn't want. I didn't want him to do that. But like me giving him what he asked for, regardless of what I thought he was going to use it for, mm-hmm. like he saw love in that, and like it, it was, yeah. Just even even though I didn't think he deserved what I had to offer, I gave it to him. I think I think that kind of goes back to like what we were talking about with giving our attention to someone who taps on the shoulder. It's like. Mm-hmm. And regardless of whether or not you think they deserve your attention, maybe give it to them because that might mean more to them than you think. Right. And assuming virtue in them, assuming they're not just going to take your attention and spend it on alcohol or something they don't need. Exactly. Maybe they really do need it. And you giving it to them means is better than you not giving it to them, you know, because like not giving it to them, the stakes are higher, you know. I don't know. So that that was that didn't mean to share that story on the podcast. It happened. Cool. It's all right. We're here. <laughs> We're here. It's 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 one forty five in the morning. It's my time. It's great. Twelve forty five in the morning. Um. Yeah, I just. Mm, I'm just very passionate about this subject, obviously, and so. This is good. This is gonna be stuff After that. that- like I, I am going to have to like pray about all of this and like, this is going to be my job for the next two years is this stuff. And so I don't know the answers. I could be totally wrong about everything that I've just said and maybe programs are great, <laughs> but 
from this boy's vantage point, uh, questionable. And programs are a starting point. Is I think is a good thing to say. Programs are. They can be. <laughs> we can get back programs into are, it. We can get back into it at another juncture, yeah. but. But yeah. I think I think. Do you, what, what do you have to say? That I have something that might close. I was just gonna say, like they they can be. I think that uh, it's really hard to create something authentic from something that's inherently not. You know. That's that, that's probably a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So not that it's bad. Um, it, it works if the people that are going are already friends. It can serve to uh, deepen. But as far as like generating new community and bringing people into the fold that are not currently, I have not seen it work. So I think I think the people that create that kind of stuff would tell you that, or at least like so. Like I would say, I think that Bishop Barron would say that, for instance, or Father Mike would say that their videos aren't gonna create communities. They're more like aids for an existing one. Mm-hmm. We can get into that because we're not really, I mean, I guess we are kind of content creators in that sense, but like our podcast isn't really designed. I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not a content creator. I'm a thought influencer. I'm a social media think fluencer. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, That's, mm -hmm. that's how I describe myself. I describe Mm -hmm. myself as anyway, this is, this is stupid goof. This is great. Um, we are like, I'm going to say something to close. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, like, the, the first thing that I said to Phoebe after we left the Taco Bell, I was like, this, um, my, I, I, I turned to her and I was like, my mission starts now. That's something that I hadn't really realized. I was, was kind of, like, thinking my My mission, out loud and I was like, if I choose to accept it. Starts now. <laughs> because, like, I, I thought that, I, I, I didn't really think it consciously. It was more, like, subconsciously, you know, like, oh, I'm going to start mission on the 1st of June. It's like, no, 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 Pat, no, you're wrong, you're stupid. Your 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 mission work starts wherever you are, and you just happen to be continuing that mission work in Houston in a couple of weeks. Like that's not something that has a start date. It has it has a start date at your baptism. It's still going. So like, don't forget to do mission work now. And so I have to thank Pete, and I haven't seen him since, and I'm super bummed because I've been looking for him for the past couple of days. Glad to thank him for like kind of showing that to me and being being Christ to me in that moment of like letting me serve Christ. So, yeah. And I think that's something that we should all understand is that our mission is something that is current. It's not something that has a start date in the future. It has a start date right now. Yes. (laughs) Sorry. You cut out at the very end, but you're good. It was like, Oh, you're, you're starting is right now. So we got it. We're good. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't finish the thought because that thought was in the future and Whoa. never mind. Whoa. Um, okay. Uh, can I go to bed now? Yes. Yes. I have so much. I don't even think I'm going to be able to go to bed. I need to like pack and stuff. Um, but also I might not pack. I might just throw everything in my car without packing it and then figure it out later. We'll see. Um, I moved to Kansas City with nothing but all of my belongings packed in the back of my jalopy. And five cents in my cigarette holder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell them. Do you want to tell the people? You can find me at Catholic Pat on the Twitters. You can find Ethan at Propostle. On Instagram, I'm at Patrick Nevy III. Ethan is at Ethan Stevie. Follow us on Facebook at The Crunchcast. Wait, 
sorry, follow us on Twitter at the Crunchcast. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Crunchcast, www.thecrunchcast.com, or support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Crunch. Ethan and I both have um, fundraised salaries. So, like, DM us if you want to support our mission work. We would love to. The, the way it works is we talk to you throughout our mission. It's not just like you give us money like Patreon and we don't talk to you ever again. Sorry, Patreon. <laughs> Oops. Um, <laughs> we, um, we will continue to update you in our mission and like, cause we budget time for that in our jobs. So my, my link is on my Twitter page. Ethan's link is coming up soon. Please consider supporting us in our mission work, which starts now. As we said, as we said, Yes. If you would like to call in, we do a segment called the monthly mailbag in which people can call in and ask us questions and we will answer them. You can drop us a voicemail at 785-251-3989 or send us an email, Ethan at the crunchcast.com, Patrick at the crunchcast.com. Um, crunch of the week. Crunch of the week. Yeah. yeah I'm not for crunch of the week. Yeah. Crunch of the week. Okay. Stop right now and listen by Psalm 84.0. Five stars. If you're a single Catholic woman hoping to be married one day but falling into despair because you think there aren't enough good Catholic men out there, stop and listen to The Crunch. Ethan and Patrick will give you hope that there are still young Catholic men out there who are striving for sainthood. I'm so blessed to have stumbled upon this podcast. It gives me practical advance to faith-related questions and makes me laugh every day. Keep up the good work. God bless. You know what? That's what we're here for is to remind women that there are boys out there and we're, we're good. I'm going on a dating fest. <laughs> whatever there's and i'm and i'm dating someone so sorry ladies there's no good guys <laughs> there's no good guys <laughs> <laughs> it's just us and we are out of there peace uh if you listen to this episode here. because somebody recommended it and was like oh they're funny and you didn't hear any goofs it's because it's been a long day it's 1 in the morning and we picked a topic that we're actually serious about, not something that we just goof on. So, sorry about that. Thank you for listening to The Crunch. Yeah, we appreciate it. <laughs> Please get me out of this. <laughs> okay, thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we'll see you on the Twitter.